0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you with us. I have producer Eric Ryder at the board, keeping us on an even keel, keeping us in our lane. Today, we are going to take a trip To Mayberry, mythical Mayberry, yes, hearkening back to the famous Andy Griffith show and its wonderful legacy that still makes us laugh gently with wholesome mores generations later. We are going to be talking to someone whom I regard as a Mayberry aficionado. There is a Mayberry mystique, you know, and we're going to find out a lot more about all of that when we return. This is American Road Trip Talk. We'll be back with the interview after some words from our good friend Anson Williams about Alert Drops. Hi, everybody. This is
1: Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving... Is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the Maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven, it's doctor approved. Again, it's natural, it's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to AlertDrops.com. Very important. Go to AlertDrops.com and stay safe.
0: Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Trip Talk, everyone. Matt Shea, frequent guest, frequent contributor on American Road Trip Talk, is the author of nine books. He is greatly inspired by the legacy of Andy Griffith and focuses his own work on the common folk of which small towns like Mayberry are made. Matt Shea, welcome once again to the show. Oh, my pleasure, Gary. Now I don't know who's driving and who's riding shotgun, but the fact is we're headed to Mount Airy, North Carolina. And this is inspired not only by the legacy of Andy Griffith, of course, but also by an article in the current issue of American Road Magazine written by Tony Craig. The Mayberry Motor Inn is a virtual shrine to the Andy Griffith Show and its wonderful legacy. You have so much information to share about that, Matt. We would love to hear what you have discovered, particularly after you got a chance to read Tony Craig's article. But before we get to that, a little bit about how Andy Griffith and his legacy became so functionally full in your career and how your career reflects those values.
2: The greatest compliment I've ever received is when people assumed that I was from a small town. And I close my eyes, and I think of Aunt B. I I think of Opie. I love that. That is quite a compliment to be associated with that. The Andy Griffith Show all started October 3, 1960, and it ran until April 1, 1968. And there we have it. We have Tom Sawyer in Hannibal, Missouri. But look what we have at North Carolina at Mount Airy. And so everything about... Andy Griffith, the small town, that's the type of person I wanted to be for this country.
0: And so you are, and you bring a lot of your homespun wisdom inspired by Andy Griffith to our listeners, and of course, through your nine books. When I think of a town that decides to pattern itself after a myth, the, the myth of Mayberry, which continues to delight and inspire people who come to Mount Airy, North Carolina, they're coming to a place of the mind, and not simply, though it is important to note, that this is the birthplace of Andy Griffith himself.
2: Yes, absolutely. Andy Griffith was from that town, and so was Donna Fargo. And at this motel that we have, that we have the Mayberry Motor Inn. He and Donna are both well-represented in their lobby. Autographed pictures of each, lots of memorabilia. You could buy mugs there. You could buy shirts. They sell cookbooks there. It's all there for it. And the most wonderful thing is, when you enter this motel, you're on Andy Griffith Parkway. As you approach it, you will see Aunt B Boulevard. That leads to their beautiful gazebo that holds many. On the way out, they have Barney Fife Road, but in the back is Thelma Lou's Trail, which has her flowers, her garden, and so forth. And they also have an outdoor pool for everyone, which is seasonal. This is a fun place, but also you must take a look at room 109. That is the ant Bee Room. It all started there.
0: I would love to bore, to know more about that. By the way, is there a Rafe Hollister liquor store in town? I'll toss a coin and say yes. <laughs> Rafe Hollister was the character with the moonshine still in the Andy Griffith show. Uh, Aunt B, a central character herself, of course. Andy, you've got Barney, five Opie, and uh, Gomer Pond. Aisle, and he went on to the Marine Corps and had a wonderful sitcom of his own, did uh, Jim Neighbors. And there were uh, people who who surrounded these folks in town, created a cast of characters that people felt like were welcome guests in their living rooms all across America for eight solid years and through the miracle of syndication, still today with their children, grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren enjoying
2: the show. Absolutely. And again, you could see Andy there. In fact, the owner, the proprietor of this place, she did Andy Griffith's mother's hair. And so, boy, did that ever get her involved with the show and everything. She went on to be the very first person in line when they did Aunt B's estate in real life, Frances Prevers, and she bought the first item, which was a vanity, and she kept bidding for everything, and she let everybody know, this is going to be enshrined. I am going to have an Aunt B room, for today she does at room 109.
0: The AND B room has a mystique all its own. I understand that you can't take pictures in there.
2: That's a gray area. As early as the sporting, I was talking to the front desk. I called, of course, and they said, Well, we kind of frown on it. We could look through the windows. And if you coordinate things properly, the front desk is known to let people actually enter the room and look. But they're just paying a tremendous amount of respect for that actress's life and her privacy.
0: The the motor in itself is something we should talk about because there are people listening to us right now who are going to say, I would love to visit that place. I remember the Andy Griffith show was one of the joys of my childhood, which certainly was the case for me. I, I don't think I ever missed it when it was in production. And um, I think I'd love to go there. And in fact, Matt, I have to tell you that I was driving through North Carolina one time and my partner, Suzanne, and I saw the uh, turnout sign for Mount Airy. And I didn't think too much about it at that time. We wanted to make up lost time on the road. So we kept going. And man, do I ever regret that now? Because this is a shrine to the Andy Griffith legacy. And the epicenter of that is the Mayberry Motor Inn. How many rooms are there,
2: how many floors, and how easy is it to get a reservation? Well, they have 25 rooms altogether, and it's a motel, so it's a single floor, meaning that you enter from the outside. For example, Aunt P's room, they purposely leave the drapes drawn so you could peer in because that's what it's there for. But we are at 501 North Andy Griffith Parkway, Mount Airy, North Carolina 27030 and there's also a reservation line that greatly works because I've been calling them all week and that is 336-786-4109 now here is something I found quite Mayberry humorous I asked about the price range and they were a little apologetic they said the prices start at about 80, but during peak season it gets as high as $120 a night. Oh my goodness. My god, let's pack those bags. And they were apologetic, <laughs> a little embarrassed that they justified it. Well, hey, say no more, I'm on my way. They also Absolutely. They do get sold out quick, but then they have weeks where there's availability. And so just don't assume that you're out when you're driving through town.
0: And I understand that there are tour buses where they make a stop there
2: because it's a must-see. They have tour buses there. They have vacation packages. But the whole town has gotten into the act. And here is something amazing. You can actually rent the house that Andy Griffith grew up in—they use the term from adolescence throughout high school. You can rent that room and stay that home. Excuse me, and stay the night there.
0: I predict that if you ever go to Mount Airy, Matt
2: Shea, you will do exactly that. Oh yes, I promise that. And what I like about it is, from the front steps of that home, you within walking distance, you will see. Opie's candy store. You will have Floyd's Barbershop. They also have Barney's Cafe, famous for the Barney Burger. And they have Aunt Bee's Barbecue. And somewhere out there on someone's menu, they have Aunt Bee's famous fried chicken dinner. Who could ask for more? You get the more? impression,
0: ladies and gentlemen, that these folks
2: are really into it. They're all in in Mount Airy. They certainly are, but here's a little between-the-lines punchline. In 1923, Snappy Lunch opened. 1923. On occasion, Barney Fife or Goober will say, well, I'm going to swing by Snappy's and have a pork chop. That's what they're referring to. It was always there when they were growing up, and it's right next to Floyd's Barbershop. There is such a place.
0: I love that. After the fact, with the enduring appeal of the Andy Griffith show and those wonderful characters, I can see where they would create this shrine, as I say, to the show and its mystique, its enduring appeal. But I'm curious to know if it is at all questionable as to whether or not they meant Mayberry when they referred to Mount Airy. It's Andy Griffith's birthplace. Was that the true inspiration for the town of Mayberry?
2: 100% correct. It was about that part. It was about Mount Airy, where Andy Griffith grew up. Those are his roots. And he brought people there. And what I appreciate is that Frances Rivera, Aunt B, she ended up living in that area, in a neighboring town. She got heavily involved with Girl Scouts, Christmas seals, Easter seals, parades, everything. But She was a product from Brooklyn, but they knew she was Mayberry, and once it was introduced to her, she channeled all of her talent and ended up living in the community for the rest of her life.
0: That's a great story in itself. How many of her personal effects have become part of this commemoration? It seems like if she doesn't have a museum of her own, they have a lot of her stuff they put in so people can actually see it for themselves.
2: Well, all of the memorabilia, I was told, is in that hotel and as much as possible in her room that is her personal possessions. And again, they have handkerchiefs, gloves. She was a Studebaker fanatic. She owned several and local car clubs bid on those cars because they like to display them, uh, giving her credit and driving them in local parades. They also have Mayberry Days there and the owner of the hotel does a tremendous look alike an impersonation of Aunt B. When you see Aunt B, you are seeing the owner of the hotel there.
0: And that's true of other characters as well. From what I understand, reading Tony Craig's article, there are lookalikes that will give you a friendly welcome, and I'm sure you can take your picture with them, around town. It's an
2: atmosphere that's all about Mayberry. Yes, exactly. Well, that's what Alma Venable wanted. When she bought that hotel in 1960 because she was a second owner, Andy Griffith was just coming into his own because his show started. And as the show gained popularity, she got her mindset to make that into such a shrine, so to say, a Mayberry shrine. And in the 1970s, it became the Mayberry Motel. And what
0: about some of the peripheral characters? I'm sure they're well represented. Tony Craig himself told me that there is a Howard Sprague lookalike.
2: <laughs> I believe it. I, <laughs> I believe that. Uh, I heard that most of the cast from the show would frequent there. And, for example, they have they have Mayberry Days, which is a weekend in September, and I believe they're getting ready for their ninth annual one. It is a popular event, and the Ant Bee Trail is the most popular because people meet at that gazebo. They're all there.
0: And in... Mount Airy, they have such things as a Mayberry Replica Courthouse, which just makes sense. I love that they put that together. You have the Andy Griffith Playhouse, and there's even an Andy Griffith Museum.
2: There is an Andy Griffith Museum. And last I heard, they charge $9, and it's well worth it. And they have his uniforms that Deputy Taylor, him, Sheriff Taylor, excuse me, used to wear. They have the old motorcycle there with the sidecar. They have a statue of he and Opie walking to the fishing hole, just at the beginning of the show. A bronze statue. Yes, and everybody. You can't take a picture without people being around it because everybody's posing with it, but that's a good thing.
0: Oh, it definitely is. So let's turn the focus now to the man himself, and I don't mean Andy Griffith in this case, He's the overarching star for sure, but Barney Fife is legendary. If you know somebody who is a bumbling character in your life, whether or not they're in law enforcement, there as uh, Billy Bob Thornton told Dan Rather in an interview many years ago, he thought one of the best actors out there was Don Knotts, and Dan Rather started to laugh, and he said, no, I won't laugh. You know Why? And he said, you've got to realize, said Billy Bob Thornton, I'm related to people like that. And that attitude, in the sense of trying to be a good American and a law-abiding citizen and being overly serious about it and a very self-involved and at times pompous in a humorous way, characterized Barney Fife as beautifully portrayed by Don Knotts. I think he won about five Emmys. As a supporting actor for that, I'd have to double-check my figures. But there was an iconic character, Barney Fife, that Don Knotts brought to life. And as long as you're watching this show, as long as it's on television, everybody will make a personal connection to Barney Fife.
2: Yes. Well, he and Andy were two years apart. Andy was June 1st, 1926, and Don was July 21st, 1924. And so they knew each other back in the vaudeville days. When the Andy Griffith show was materializing, his friend Don Knox gave a call and said, "Uh, Andy, don't you think you could kind of use a sheriff in this show, a deputy, excuse me, a deputy? And boy, what a perfect fit. So that was Don Knox taking the fight to Andy Griffith. He suggested himself playing that part. And my God, did we ever get a winner with that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Immortal characters and the synergy that they created because of their partnership was a thing of beauty. One of the things that I loved about the Andy Griffith show, and there are many, but one of the things that always stuck with me was that Andy Griffith would rather look bad himself than make the ultra sensitive Barney Fife be humiliated or look bad in front of the town citizenry because, uh, let's face it, Barney was subject to a lot of derision. People ribbed him a lot. He wasn't taken very seriously. But if that happened, it happened despite Andy Taylor's best efforts to build him up.
2: I remember one episode where the upper crust was trying to recruit Andy to be one of them. But they kind of felt funny about Barney, and for legitimate reasons. And so at the very end, when Andy tried to explain that they didn't want one of them, Barney naturally thought that it was Andy being rejected. So Andy played it that way, and out of honor of the friendship, Arnie wasn't going to join either. Now, Ron Howard, as a child actor, when he first met Don Knox on the set, he didn't know what to think was such a strange man comical and Andy had to sit him down and explain that he was a comedian and he's always full of life and he understood how to look at it properly
0: and this would be great guidance for someone who would do his fair share of guiding other actors later in life my goodness I just looked up here, uh, Jesse Donald Knotts, July 21, 1924 to February 24, 2006, was an American actor and comedian, and how. He was widely known for his role as Deputy Sheriff Barney Fife on The Andy Griffith Show, a nineteen sixty sitcom for which he earned five Emmy Awards. This is extraordinary for any actor, and he did it with a character that it is very difficult to imitate, or I should put it a different way, Matt. He's very difficult to emulate if you were going to create a character like him, though there are many imitators because you, as soon as you start acting like Barney Fife, everybody knows what you're doing.
2: There is more than that. Going back to World War II, he was an American soldier and he entertained, but he also had bedside matter he was sent to troops who were down and out or recovering from battle wounds, and he gave them that lift, that spirit. Kind of the first wave of the Bob Hope concept, so to say. That's the man he was before television was invented.
0: And I can recall an episode, I think I have the details right, where Barney is explaining to someone about his wartime experiences. And of course, if you've talked to World War II veterans, they saw a lot, to put it mildly, and didn't necessarily want to discuss it. It was their wartime experience, and then they went back to civilian life. But Barney Fife was explaining to someone about his wartime experiences as the librarian at Fort Dix, and then, of course, he adds, I don't like to talk about it.
2: <laughs> well, so, this is why he was beloved, <laughs> What I liked is when times were getting tough and it was now time, he was allowed one bullet.
0: Yes, that's right. He was allowed one bullet and had to have permission to load his gun. He would look up at at Sheriff Taylor to make sure that it was okay. He was permitted to load that bullet. Things were serious when that happened. And that spoke to the genteel character of small town life, which Andy Griffith himself told an interviewer years later, was more evocative of the 1930s than the turbulent 1960s in which the show aired. The setting took people back. 30 or so years, to a, a time when it was, it was good to be nostalgic about that time because times were simpler. You didn't have pictures of children on milk cartons, for example.
2: It was the era that Paul Harvey always reflected upon. Now, that was America on its own feet. right out of the Industrial Revolution. That was America.
0: And many people wish that we could go back in a time machine. You would lose the advances of technology, but you would gain a simplicity of spirit. And so Andy Griffith, the show, uh, he is beloved and always will be. Of course, we've been talking about Don Knotts, about Jim Neighbors as Gomer, because everybody has a Gomer in their life, particularly if you're in any kind of rural setting, a goober. And all of these people created a community where I think there was a a sort of a subtle, understated sense of love for one another. They might not have said it that way, but there was a common set of values and a mutual understanding that expressed a, a kind of rural love for the place where they were, the memories that they shared, and all of them remembering how to sing the fight song for Mayberry High.
2: Yes. Now, Goober, George Lindsay, initially auditioned who play the role of Gomer Pyle. And they decided to have George Lindsay be Goober, and they had Jim Neighbors come in to be Gomer. Well, the original Gomer Pyle was something that Andy Griffith himself portrayed in a movie because he had written it. And so they were all together. And it's like Aunt Bee; Once she moved into that North Carolina area, she stayed the rest of her life.
0: I want folks to know if they're interested in going to the Mayberry Motor Inn or to Mount Airy generally. Let's say they do want to get a room. Give the information again, if you would, Matt, so people can make some plans. I see by a
2: picture in American Road Magazine that they welcome AAA and AARP. Yes, and they also give senior discounts. The phone number is 336 786 4109 and I've called them more than once this week and they were so hospitable while they were dealing with people at the counter they wore both hats there but I also have another contact right here and it's called the Mount Airy Visitor Center and the number is 800 948 0949 or Tourism at visitmayberry.com, and the reason why is the Andy Griffith theme, it went far beyond that town. They have log cabins to rent and many other places, and I believe they have well over 20 shops, so to say, that in some way, shape, or form take a spin on the Andy Griffith show. They would give you the most updated information and help you with tour packages, charter buses, where to get a room.
0: Thank you, Matt Shea, for allowing us to step back in time and enjoy the Mayberry Mystique. I know Andy Griffith is a huge influence on you and a very wholesome one at, at that, of course. And I love how you bring the nostalgia forward to us whenever you join us on the show. And notice we didn't talk about anything paranormal, which is one of your specialties. Maybe next time, Matt. Thanks for being with us today. Gary, thank you for having me. We are so delighted that you joined us once again today, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk as often as you do, along with Thomas and Becky Rapp, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road.